Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dear Heart Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with us today. This week, we have been studying about God as intercessor. This is a part of him that I just love. I I just need to learn more about it, I feel like. But um, it's something I so appreciate about him, and I just desperately need. I'm sure you do, too. So without further ado, let's jump into our scripture for, for today. Acts chapter 6 verses 8 through 760. Now Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from some members of the Freedmen's Synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, and they began to argue with Stephen. But they were unable to stand up against his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders, and the scribes. So they came, seized him, and took him to the Sanhedrin. They also presented false witnesses who said, This man never stopped speaking against this holy place and the law. For we heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw his face was like that of an angel. Are these things true? The high priest asked. Brothers and fathers, he replied, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he settled in Haran, and said to him, Leave your country and relatives, and come to the land that I will show you. Then he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. From there, after his father died, God had had him move to this land in which you are now living. He didn't give him an inheritance in it, not even a foot of ground, but he promised to give him give it to him as a possession and his descendants after him, even though he was childless. God spoke to him in this way. His descendants would be strangers in a foreign country, and they would enslave and impress them for 400 years. I will judge the nation that they will serve as slaves, God said. After this, they will come out and they will worship me in this place. And so he gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. After this, he fathered Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt, but God was with him and rescued him out of all of his troubles. He gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who appointed him ruler over Egypt and over his whole household. Now a famine and a great suffering came over all of Egypt and Canaan, and our ancestors could find no food. When Jacob heard there was grain in Egypt, he sent his ancestors there for the first time. The second time, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. Joseph invited his father Jacob and all of his relatives, 75 people in all, and Jacob went down to Egypt. He and his ancestor died there and carried them back to Shechem. 
and were placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the sons of Hamar in Shechem. As the time was approaching to fulfill the promise that God had made to Abraham, the people flourished and multiplied in Egypt until a different king who did not know Joseph ruled over Egypt. He dealt deceitfully with our race and oppressed our ancestors by making them abandon their infants outside so they wouldn't survive. At this time, Moses was born, and he was beautiful in God's sight. He was cared for in his father's home for three months. When he was put outside, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. So Moses was educated with all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and in his actions. When he was 40 years old, he decided to to visit his own people, the Israelites. When he saw one of them being mistreated, he came to his rescue and avenged the oppressed man by striking down the Egyptian. He assumed his people would understand that God would give them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. The next day he showed up while they were fighting and tried to reconcile them peacefully, saying, Men, you are brothers. Why are you mistreating each other? But the one who was mistreating his neighbor pushed Moses aside, saying, Who appointed you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me the same way you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When he heard this, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. After forty years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he was approaching to look at it, the voice of the Lord came, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Moses began to tremble and did not dare to look. The Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, because the place where you're standing is holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. And now, come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses, whom they rejected when they said, Who appointed you a ruler and a judge? This one God sent as a ruler and a deliverer through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out and performed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for forty years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise you up like a raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. He is the one who was in the assembly in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him in Mount Sinai and with our ancestors. He received living oracles to give to us. Our ancestors were unwilling to obey him. Instead, they pushed him aside and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. They even made a calf in those days, offered a sacrifice to the idol, and were celebrating what their hands had made. God turned away and gave them up to worship the stars of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. House of Israel, did you bring me offerings and sacrifices for forty years in the wilderness? You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of the god Rephren and the images that made you to worship. 
So I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the testimony in the wilderness, just as he spoke, just as he who spoke to Moses commanded him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. Our ancestors in turn received it and with Joshua brought it in with them when they dispossessed of the nations that God drove out before them until the days of David. He found favor in God's sight and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for God, for the God of Jacob. It was Solomon, rather, who built him a house, but the Most High God does not dwell in sanctuaries made with hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What sort of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what will my resting place be? Did not my hand make all of these things? You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit. As your ancestor did, you do also. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They even killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You received the law under the direction of the angels and yet have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were enraged and gnashed their teeth at him. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and he said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They yelled at the top of their voices, covered their ears, and together rushed against him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were there stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after saying this, he fell asleep. Whew. That is a hard story to listen to. Now, did you catch the wild detail right in the beginning of the story? The crowd couldn't uncover or remember any real-life examples of times when Stephen didn't reflect Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean he was perfect or sinless. Jesus is the only one capable of that. However, this tells us that Stephen really knew God and he really loved others well. So they had to bring in people to make up fake stories about him. Wow. Am I the only one feeling convicted here? If you, like me, feel shame or guilt trying to sneak up behind you, bring that before God. Shame has no place in his kingdom, and guilt turns to forgiveness in the presence of the great I am. Take a minute and pause and pray. Invite God to shake up your heart so that you fully reflect him. Invite him to challenge you. Invite him to refine you. Now let's continue into the bulk of our passage today. Stephen offers a defense of the gospel in chapter 7, verses 1 through 50, and then he ends with a bang in verses 51 through 53. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Now, what he may have said may have been painful to hear, but it was the truth. It reminds me of Proverbs 27, verse 6. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. We need that friend. He was trying to be 
that friend, Stephen in kindness spoke honestly and hoped to wake them up to the truth of salvation. But their response was wild and overwhelming. When they heard these things, they were enraged and gnashed their teeth at him. Can you picture this? They hated him. Take a moment to consider what had brought their hearts to this response so quickly. Think about the last time you were so quickly filled with anger. What thoughts filled your mind? In the hours leading up to that moment, what ideas had been feeding your heart? At the same time they reacted in anger, Stephen was given a glimpse of heaven. In his goodness, God poured out peace and confidence into Stephen, even when he was surrounded by a crowd of people that hated him. In the presence of Jesus, we see our present circumstances through different lenses. We see it all through his eyes. Stephen saw through the eyes of Jesus, and even as they were stoning Stephen to death, he loved his murderers, and he interceded for them. Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Stephen echoes the words of Jesus as he died on the cross. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Can you hear Jesus's compassion for them even as they took his life? How is this possible? How is it possible to love someone who is actively trying to destroy you? Dear heart, it is possible when you encounter the living God. He is so much more than an omnipresent genie or a very angry vending machine. He is love. He is joy. He is peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And as we walk with God, he pours these fruits into us. And when you are filled with his spirit, you obey his guidance You are soaked in his word. You can be just like Stephen. See, Stephen wasn't God. He was a regular guy. He wasn't perfect, but he knew God. He loved God and he followed God. You can be a modern Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with love for those who hate you. You can intercede for them just like Stephen did for the angry crowd, just like Jesus did for you. Let's pray. Father, we come before your throne today knowing that we are imperfect people in in front of a perfect God, and yet you forgive us, and yet you love us. Father, help us do the same for our enemies and the people who taunt us, who bully us, who make fun of us, Father. Help us love those who do not love us. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to walk away and try to complete the challenge of today. And that challenge is to pray for your enemies by name. Pray specifically for them to know God and receive his salvation. Pray for them to realize how their words and behaviors are affecting you. And pray for their eyes to be opened and their hearts to be changed. To the glory of God.